Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program, a game day edition for IU basketball, their first road game of the season, part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which has been so far, at least last night, pretty good to the Big Ten. We'll see how Indiana and some of the other Big Ten teams hold up tonight, but this is the big one that I think everyone has had circled since the schedule came out, Syracuse 3-3. Three and three. They've not been the a uh, strong team maybe we thought, but still a very competitive challenge on the road tonight. And when you think of uh, Coach Beheim and Syracuse, you think of a very tough 2-3 zone. And I'm not sure that their zone this year is as good, just based on early results and some of the metrics is what it typically is. But a tough challenge tonight. And this is a game that you can use as a barometer, uh, even if it's Syracuse, maybe not with the record or uh, at the level we thought they may be at for this game. Definitely a big test for Indiana on the road. So we'll talk a lot about that game today. I know there's a lot of excitement surrounding tonight's game and a 7 o'clock uh, tip-off. Again, part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which is, uh, I think, three or four of the best days, or at least early in the season of college basketball, to really preview the conference and the upper echelon of college hoops for this season. So a lot of discussion about that game coming up. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Tuesday program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one. Here in just moments, we'll have some headlines about this game tonight. We'll also get into some high school basketball stuff, a little football mentioned surrounding IU football as well coming up here in segment number one. Then later in the show, switching up some guests this week, Mike Schumann is on his way to New York for the game. So Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is going to fill in for him today and join us on Tuesday this week instead of Thursday. And then later in the hour, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com will also check in with both of those guys. Yes, we'll talk IU, Syracuse, ACC, Big Ten Challenge, College Hoops, and more with Mike a little bit later in the show. We'll also get into some basketball recruiting, and we'll touch on the latest as this uh, IU football program moves into off-season mode, and recruiting has ramped up for football. Uh, expect as the other college football seasons come to a close that the transfer portal connections will also ramp up. Of course, the big news from IU is an offensive coordinator opening that exists that you would think here in the next couple of weeks would likely be filled by Tom Allen. And then the bigger story on the college football front, bigger than anything I've mentioned so far, is all of the coaching announcements and switches and changes and the carousel has officially begun. There's uh, no question that this offseason is going to include a lot of movement in the college coaching ranks 
and uh, obviously the Notre Dame coach leaving last night for LSU. That was a big one. The USC coach the day before, uh, they made their announcement on a hire. So we may touch on some movement. Will there be any in the Big Ten Conference this year as far as football goes? And we'll cover that more with Mike Pegram when he's with us later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available uh, at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. All right, uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. Let's start there for just a moment. Last night, got a chance to watch portions of both of these games. Iowa goes to Virginia uh, last night in the opening game of the ACC Big Ten Series. Iowa built a nice lead, looking really good. Virginia, the home team, came back, uh, made quite a game of it. Iowa with a shot, I don't know, within five, six seconds left in the game for the victory uh, to win and get the Big Ten on the board on the in the win column. Uh, then Illinois defeated Notre Dame last night. It also was a close game, a good game to watch. So the Big Ten 2-0 and as we move into Tuesday play. In addition to Indiana at Syracuse, also Minnesota at Pittsburgh tonight. Rutgers will host Clemson. Purdue, who is playing such great basketball here early in the year, they will host Florida State. Wake Forest hosts Northwestern and Ohio State. Uh, they will host Duke today. So a look at the ACC uh, Big Ten Challenge for Tuesday. Of course, on Wednesday, uh, the games look good there as well. Louisville at Michigan State. That should be interesting. Nebraska, uh, they go to North Carolina State. Maryland hosts Virginia Tech. Penn State, uh, they host Miami. Michigan uh, on the road at North Carolina. That should be a good one. And Wisconsin is at Georgia Tech as well. That will wrap up the uh, the Big Ten ACC event for this year. But obviously the attention tonight uh, on the IU-Syracuse game, at least for listeners of this radio show. And, you know, you think back about college basketball's rivalries, and I don't mean like an in-state rival such as Purdue or Big Ten, very meaningful rivalry-type games. Uh, maybe you think of Ohio State and others uh, nearby that uh, are important games each and every year. But Syracuse and, and Indiana really have a great connection, a great historical connection in college basketball. Of course, the last time the Hoosiers won a national championship back in 1987, it was Syracuse that they defeated. And then really, if you think back, what was the last IU basketball team that as the season went on, you really felt like uh, not only was going to make the NCAA tournament, but had a chance to really uh, make some noise in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Final Four, Elite Eight type noise. Uh, and that would be, I think, by far the 2012-13 team, uh, which was a number one seed going into the NCAA tournament. They made it to the Sweet 16, and guess who knocked them off? It was Syracuse. And then the last time that IU and the Orange played, it was the year after uh, that uh, Syracuse uh, win over Indiana in the Sweet 16. Uh, Syracuse also won that game, and it was part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I think that game was in December of 2013 when the teams last met. So there haven't been many recent matchups, but historically uh, some big ones when these two teams have met, uh, whether it be in the NCAA tournament or uh, other big showcase-like games, type games like tonight. Uh, definitely a, a big one for Syracuse. I think when you think of them, uh, you know, Coach Beheim probably obviously comes to mind first. He's been there so long. I saw last night just kind of reading up on his history. You wonder when he is getting close to the end for Syracuse. Uh, he, he's 1,086, 1,086 career wins 
uh, as of uh, going into this game tonight. Five Final Fours and, of course, the National Championship in 2013. The 2-3 zone is a signature of his, and uh, it's been really good over the years, and it's difficult to play against because of the length and just how they play it, how he teaches it. But it doesn't look like this year the zone, at least so far, uh, has been a good. I saw that uh, in the uh, the Ken Palm ratings, the computer ratings, Syracuse currently ranks 156 nationally in adjusted defense defensive efficiency. Uh, and again, they've uh, they do for here's what's going to be interesting. I think about tonight's game specifically. They do force the zone does force teams to take a lot of three point shots. I saw a stat somewhere that opponents uh, against Syracuse are taking. 51.8% of their field goal attempts from beyond the three-point arc. So that could be interesting tonight for IU, a team that has been shooting it better as of late, but let's see if that continues as the season goes on. I don't think it will continue at the clip that it currently is, but I think it's clear tonight with the zone and the length and the way that they will limit and pack the paint, trying to keep touches and the ball out of Trace Jackson Davis's hands as much as possible, I think we can expect to see Indiana uh, fire up some three-pointers tonight. So will they be able to hit them? Will they uh, continue as they had the last few games and look pretty doggone good shooting the ball for the most part? Or uh, will some of the struggles that we've seen with this program earlier in the year and really for a number of seasons now show their faces tonight? Uh, that, I think, will be something to watch against the Syracuse team. But definitely a good matchup. against Syracuse is 3-3. Three and three. Uh, on the season, they come into this game. I think they they lost to Colgate, VCU, and Auburn, if I remember correctly. So not the uh, Syracuse record that you would expect uh, on paper. I think you maybe think going into this game, Syracuse is likely either six and zero or five and one if you look at the schedule and you think of Syracuse heading into this season. So a little surprise there. Uh, Colgate, VCU, those losses especially surprising. Uh, for the Orange, but uh, definitely a, a test tonight, and uh, I think it's by far the biggest of the year. I'm not so sure if you look at things right now, St. John's, you could make the argument that they are as good or maybe a little better than Syracuse, but obviously that game was in the friendly confines of Assembly Hall, where all six of the IU games have been so far uh, in the first year of Mike Woodson's tenure. So going on the road, going to a high major opponent, uh, going to obviously a different uh, arena setting that Syracuse offers, going up against the 2-3 zone, which is not something you face uh, the entire game or for long periods of time in many situations, at least in college basketball. You add all those things up, and this by far, I think, becomes the biggest challenge, no matter the Syracuse record uh, so far this season for the Hoosiers and uh, really going to be interesting. To, this is the first one to me that you're really going to be able to uh, find some things out about this team when it comes to the Big Ten Conference, I think. And really, uh, St. John's was – that's unfair to say. St. John's obviously was the same way. But uh, this game, very uh, meaningful for IU, I think, moving forward. And don't forget, after this game, uh, Indiana jumps into some Big Ten Conference play coming up 
which is going to be really big and a great precursor for the season to see if this Indiana team is passing some of these early season tests and maybe has made some improvements uh, that we think that, that they have possibly. So a big one tonight. Lots more IU-Syracuse preview coming up. We'll talk with Alex Bozich here in the next segment in just a few minutes uh, about more about this game. Also, I wanted to mention uh, yesterday we had Matt Weaver of Pigs.com on to talk some IU football, which we hadn't done for a while. Obviously, the big uh, storyline, it's not a bowl game. It's not IU's solid year, good year. It's a bad year and an offensive coordinator position that is open uh, with uh, Tom Allen making the decision to fire the OC on Sunday. Uh, just ama- amazing how things work and timing, I'm sure, is a lot to do with things, but also getting the right person in some of these jobs, whether it's football, basketball, pro college, high school, whatever the level, uh, coaches matter. Because think about this, uh, Kalen DeBoer, uh, who was the offensive coordinator at IU, then left to, to go at Fresno State. He's been there for two seasons. He's had a lot of success. He actually kind of built his resume in small college football as a head coach. Uh, but he is going to be hired, according to a lot of reports out there, at Washington. And I think it's been made official last night that he will be hired at Washington. So from IU as the offensive coordinator to two seasons at Fresno State, and uh, of course uh, now the head coach at Washington, which I think they've had a couple down years recently, but typically they've been a very strong uh, program in the national college football scene. So you go from IU needing an offensive coordinator and to Kalen DeBoer when he was there being obviously a huge part of Indiana's building success on the football side of things. So uh, he is moving on to a big-time position. That's great to see for him. But just a reminder that uh, a couple small moves here and there can really change the path for a program like Indiana where they find themselves this offseason and, of course, for Coach DeBoer as well, who now finds himself coaching one of the major programs in NCAA college football. A couple high school notes. Uh, on Tuesdays, we always announce our Players of the Week. And uh, Dakota Caps of Clarksville, he's going to be named the Boys Player of the Week. He had a really good first week of the season. The senior guard from Clarksville did average 27 points over two games. And if you remember, uh, Dakota Caps had 22 points Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving, to help Clarksville keep it real close and make a comeback late against New Albany. It was a three-point win for the Bulldogs. Clarksville, I think, much closer than many people expected. Then on Saturday in game number two of the season, Dakota Caps uh, netted a career-high 32 points as Clarksville handled Christian Academy 67-52 on Saturday night. Just all around a really good week for him. He's a small college prospect. He's got interest from a number of local uh, small college programs. He'll definitely have the opportunity, uh, Will Dakota Caps, to play in college. But he's our boys player of the week uh, from this past week. And on the girls' side, Lindsey Wernert of Lanesville had some big performances. The Lanesville Eagles, the ladies are 8-1 and one on the season. They are number one in Class 1A basketball uh, girls' hoops in our state. Uh, she so far, uh, or last week, I should say, 18 points, nine rebounds, four steals, and three assists in a win over Orleans. She came back on Saturday and had 18 points in 20 minutes. 
uh, as well, and uh, just a big week for her uh, overall. And Lindsey Warner is the girls, our girls player of the week, and we'll be doing uh, player of the week awards and some other announcements uh, as we get into this high school season. But want to recognize some of the top performers in Dakota Caps and Lindsey Warner with big efforts so far to help their teams to really good starts in this 21-22 high school basketball season. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Uh, we'll talk about the main event, that is IU at Syracuse, part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall for a special opportunity to hear from him on this Tuesday program. Uh, I know that's what you want to talk about. IU, Syracuse, send in your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line at 502 414 1450. That's 502 414 1450. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. We'll be back with IU basketball discussion. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday edition of the show. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is my guest. And Alex, we're heading into a big one tonight for IU. I've mentioned Syracuse 3-3 uh, three and three on the season. Maybe uh, not the team or the record we thought they would have when this matchup took place. But I think it goes without saying, this is still the biggest challenge of the year. It's on the road, the 2-3 zone, uh, the arena, and so much more that goes along with this game at Syracuse tonight. Yeah, this is going to be a lot different for Indiana than anything that they've experienced so far. Obviously, they've been successful at home so far through their first six games, but uh, going on the road is uh, difficult. Uh, I don't care who you're playing, and, and this is a situation where Syracuse is really desperate to get a win. You look at their resume so far, they've already lost a home game to Colgate, which is obviously, you know, Colgate's not a bad team. I think they're something like 125th or 26th in Ken Palm, but that's not a game you expect to lose. And then, and then Syracuse, excuse me, goes down uh, to, uh, I think it was the Bahamas, and they, and they lost two or three games. They lost to VCU, and they lost to Auburn, beat Arizona State in between there. So they're going to be at home now, desperate for a win, desperate to kind of get back on track because realistically uh, they have a really tough stretch of games here with Indiana at home. Then they go to Florida State and I think play uh, Villanova on a neutral court. So, you know, this is a you know a pivotal time for them, and I think they're going to play like their backs are up against the wall. But for Indiana, I think you know we we everyone yesterday in the in the media availability asked Mike Woodson about the two three zone, but I think one thing that we might be kind of overlooking in this matchup is and maybe more about Indiana's defense than anything else, not their ability to break the two three zone. It looks like so far the teams have been able to find a lot of success scoring against Syracuse, but Syracuse. Uh, offensively right now, uh, Matt, if you look at their numbers in Ken Palm, they have the 21st best uh, offense in the country, uh, adjusted offensive efficiency. They're one of the top 53-point shooting teams in the country. They have a lot of size on the wings uh, with the Bayheim brothers, Cole Swiders, another guy transfer transferred from Villanova that can shoot it. So uh, I think it's a really 
tough matchup. I think, you know, you look at most of the, you know, the point spread, I think Indiana is a slight favorite. You look at Ken Palm and Sagarin, it's, you know, one or a two-point margin. I think it's going to be a really intriguing game that could really go either way. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Buddy Beheim, the son of Jim Beheim, he actually has two sons on the team. Uh, he's the main guy, the main scoring threat, averaging over 20 a game this season. And he's been noted as an outstanding three-point shooter, but I think he's struggled just a bit this season. Yeah, he's not been good. He's only 31% right now on threes. Uh, his his uh, older brother, uh, Jimmy Beheim is shooting about 45 46% on threes so far, but a lot fewer attempts. Uh, he's an interesting uh, story because he previously played at Cornell and didn't play at all last year because the Ivy League opted to uh, sit out last season uh, due to the pandemic, and so he went ahead and transferred uh, to Syracuse to play his final season. Uh, you know, Cole Swider, who I mentioned, uh, is another guy that can really shoot three but has struggled so far this season, was a really good three-point shooter last year for Jay Wright at Villanova, over 40%. This year only at 27%. So <clears throat> I think a lot of this comes down to Indiana is going to have to really uh, come out and, and put pressure on Syracuse and, and not give them uh, open, uncontested looks because all it takes for a guy like Buddy Beheim, who you know is still a 20-point scorer per game, uh, but but to get for him to if he if he sees a couple shots go in early, I think that's really going to get his, uh, his confidence going, and that could be a problem for Indiana. So they're going to have to really make a a strong effort, I think, to come out and establish uh, momentum and, and get their uh, you know get their defense going early and, and not wait until later in the game. Uh, and Indiana's done a pretty good job to their credit for the most part, uh, starting game strong. But but as I mentioned, it's it's just a whole different. Uh, scenario tonight. Uh, I can't really uh, overstate uh, how how different it is trying to win on the road in college basketball. It's not easy, uh, and and I think uh, tonight Indiana is going to you know if they win this game tonight, I think it'll we'll look back on it and say it's going to end up being a really really good win. Alex Bozich inside the hall. My guest, I was headed uh, that direction as far as my next question. What would tonight mean as far as a victory for this team? Uh, it's I hate to say cupcakes or easy games or lesser opponents, but whatever you want to say, uh, the schedule's been set up the way that Mike Woodson and IU thinks it needs to be, and so far it's it's made a lot of sense and been an opportunity to, to try things out and to maybe build confidence against some teams that Indiana can win and in many cases handle, uh, but this is different. Uh, on the road, this is one of the three big marquee non-conference games. One, IU has already won at home against St. John's, the other coming up uh, later in December against Notre Dame. This would be a big win, and uh, I think when you look at the schedule and the resume that IU's working to build here early on, uh, this win down the road once conference play begins and once we start talking about NCAA resumes, it, it, it could mean a lot, even though right now it's a 3-3 three and three Syracuse team. Yeah, I mean, not many Power 5 teams go and play uh, true road games in the non-conference unless they're mandated to do it in you know, the, the Gavit games or the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Indiana's schedule this year, their 11 non-conference games are, are set up to where nine of those are at home, uh, and then they're playing this game and they're playing Notre Dame on a neutral court. So really in terms of proving themselves um, – against quality teams or uh, away from home in non-conference. You've got the St. John's game at home, you've got tonight, and then you've got the Notre Dame game on a neutral court on, on December 18th, which Notre Dame 
they're still 43rd in Ken Palm, but they started out 3-3 three and three and struggled a little bit similar to Syracuse. So I don't think any of these three games, St. John, Syracuse, or Notre Dame, is going to qualify as, quote-unquote, a marquee win. Uh, I think all of these teams are going to be, quite frankly, bubble teams when it comes to making the NCAA tournament. But they are at least quality opponents in terms of where they're going to be ended up uh, ranking in terms of quadrants when you look at your NCAA tournament uh, profile. You know, I would say the St. John's is probably – St. John's wins is probably going to be a quad two game, and then Syracuse and Notre Dame have a chance to be uh, quad one. So, you know, these are really Indiana's best opportunities outside of uh, Big Ten play to pick up some wins that are actually going to mean something uh, when it comes to, comes time to, uh, to to look at the resume uh, for March Madness. All right, Alex, we mentioned Buddy Beheim struggling to shoot it, and he's historically been a good three-point shooter. Indiana has shot it better the last few games. and In fact, someone on the Thornton's text line said, I was at the game Saturday night. Parker Stewart has a nice shot, the ball rotation. Let's just hope he's on tonight. Uh, so far, how, how do you score this Indiana team when it comes to being better from the perimeter, better shooters? They're better, uh, but if you look at who's doing it, it's all the new guys. I mean, that, that kind of shows you how important it was for Mike Woodson to change up the roster this uh, this spring and summer. I mean, Xavier Johnson obviously limited attempts, five of nine on threes, but 55.6%. That's a positive. Miller Cop, 35.3% for three. That's a positive because it's better than what Indiana's had in the past. Tamar Bates, 42.9%. And then the one that really stands out is Parker Stewart, 46.2%. Uh, I think, really, if you look at Parker Stewart, that, you know his, his usage is not very high. I think there's an argument uh, to try to get him more shots, uh, obviously within the offense. But you know if he's going to make above 40% of his threes, which I, I don't necessarily think that 46.2% is, is sustainable, but even if he can be a low 40s, high 30s percent three-point shooter, that's really an improvement of, over what we've seen uh, in the past, but yeah, Indiana's numbers are definitely better. Uh, they're 36.8 percent right now uh, this season on threes, which ranks in the top 75 in the country. That's a huge improvement. Still have a lot of work to do in the free throw line, though, and uh, taking care of the ball. And I think two of those those two factors are also going to be a big deal tonight. Alex, uh, the zone we mentioned is probably not, or it is not, the uh, normal potent Syracuse. 2-3 zone that we're probably thinking of or used to, mm-hmm. uh, but their zone has this season forced opponents into shooting a great percentage of their shots from the floor behind the three-point line. So tonight, for Parker Stewart, as the texter mentioned, and for some of the other newcomers, as you just highlighted, it could be an opportunity to showcase shooting abilities and see if Indiana can continue to shoot it at a decent clip, at least the new guys. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be openings. Uh, in the zone, it's it's as you mentioned, Matt. It's not it's not your traditional Syracuse two three zone. I I don't think they have the length and the athleticism that they typically have uh, defensively. They're only playing eight guys. They're playing their starters a lot of minutes, so uh, their depth isn't really uh, as as good as it's been in the past. But uh, you know, Mike Woodson, I think put it pretty bluntly yesterday. You know. It's about making shots, and is Indiana going to make enough uh, to win? And he, he, you know, he had a calmness about him yesterday that kind of led me to believe that that he was pretty confident in his team uh, being able uh, to score uh, tonight against Syracuse. I, I, I still come back to the defense uh, and what we saw in that first half against Marshall. You know, Indiana gave up that 17-0 run. 
uh, you can't do that, uh, obviously, in a situation like tonight, going on the road against a team like Syracuse. They're going to have to play, I think, much better, much closer to a, a full 40-minute effort defensively in order to win. But, you know, the, the, the key to being the zone is, is to move the ball, uh, be patient, get good shots. And I think they are going to have to sprinkle the ball into Trace Jackson Davis and get him some looks as well. But you can't try to force the ball uh, inside uh, necessarily. You have to pick your spots. You have to move the ball around efficiently. And, and, and you, you move the ball, rotate it, and then sometimes that can open things up on the inside and also – uh, when you do have those opportunities to make shots from the perimeter, you have to capitalize. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, I love the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and last night was a great night of hoops. Tonight should be even better. But Iowa with a big win, I thought, on the road at Virginia, and then Illinois-Notre Dame, the uh, Illini get a win and a good game there as well. Two good games, and probably from a Big Ten, most importantly, two wins for the conference to start this series last night. Yeah, it looked a little uh, rough there for Iowa for, for a while after they had that huge lead, and uh, they were able to rebound late, and that was, as you mentioned, Matt, a, a really fun game to watch. Uh, Iowa, I think, is now 7-0, and um, and they haven't really played anybody besides last night uh, at Virginia, but that's definitely a good win. We'll, we'll learn more about them. Uh, I think Friday they go to Purdue and play, so that should be an interesting test. And then, uh, obviously, you mentioned Illinois, uh, right now they're without Andre Curbelo, but Trent Frazier uh, did play last night. Kofi's obviously uh, playing and playing well, and it was, I think, a good win for them to be able uh, to beat Notre Dame last night by, by 10 at home. I mentioned Notre Dame. They're a team, obviously, uh, Indiana wants probably to do well here in non-conference or as well as they can because that's a game that, uh, looking ahead on the schedule, the neutral court, uh, if Indiana can win that game against Notre Dame, they, they definitely want it to mean something. So uh, Notre Dame is off to kind of a, a, a rough start at 3-3 three and three overall, but not Illinois last night. Alex, uh, tonight's slate also good. Uh, obviously, listeners of this show will, will all be paying attention to Indiana at Syracuse, but some other good games, Purdue hosts Florida State. That st- stands out. Duke at Iowa State as well. What what are some of the best matchups you see uh, in this uh, in this conference first conference showcase this year? Yeah, I really would have liked to seen Purdue and Duke instead of kind of what they did with these matchups. But it is what it is, and it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen in the off season. I think tomorrow night is uh, Michigan at North Carolina. That's one that I'm I'm definitely going to. Uh, be paying attention to just because I, you know, I think those are two teams that have a lot of talent that maybe haven't played their best basketball uh, so far. But tonight, you know, Florida State and Purdue, I think Florida State's without a couple of their key players. That's uh, potentially a, a game that could get uh, uh, ugly. I think if Purdue plays up to their potential, I, I just, you know, Purdue with, with those two uh, big men and, and how Zach Eady's playing and Travion Williams and Jaden Ivey, I saw today, I think, Draft Express had their new top 100 rankings. They had Jaden Ivey, I think, all the way up at number five, which is uh, kind of crazy to think about um, how uh, meteoric his rise has been. Uh, I think that's going to be obviously an entertaining game. I think Florida State's got some athletes, and they're usually pretty good, but, but Purdue so far has looked like one of the better teams. And then obviously Duke and Ohio State. Um, I'd be surprised if Ohio State seriously challenged Duke. Duke obviously uh, leapfrogs some teams and, and – took number one in the AP poll, and rightfully so, after their win over Gonzaga. And they've got, obviously, one of the best players in the country as well, and some other really good freshmen. So, 
you know, I, I you know, we always look at these matchups and in, in, uh, in the off season and say, well, that looks good on paper and that looks good on paper. But I think right now, uh, I think what we will, what, what we kind of missed out on here was, was Duke and Purdue. I think that would have been a really fun game to have in the part of this matchup, but I, I still think we're going to get it some good, some good hoops the next couple of days. And it's always good to see uh, games that between uh, power five programs and non-conference rather than what we usually see, which is, you know, the Jackson States and uh, Northern Illinois of the world uh, playing uh, Indiana. Uh, it's good to see the Hoosiers uh, have a chance to play against a team like Syracuse and, and maybe uh, get a key road win here tonight. Alex, has there been any word for tonight, uh, IU-wise, on Rob Finnessy? Is is he have a chance to play in this game? Is it going to be a game-time type decision? Well, I asked Mike Woodson yesterday in the pregame availability, and, you know, Indiana's usually pretty mum on injuries, and that was obviously the case there yesterday. They said they were going to evaluate him in practice uh, yesterday. He did do uh, a little bit of work, they said, on Sunday. So we'll see. I think it's going to kind of be a game-to-game thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I kind of think it's somewhat important for them to have him available, uh, at least coming into this next stretch of games when they start Big Ten play, because we saw in the Marshall game, uh, you know, as well as Christian Landers played at times, uh, he's also susceptible to having some some really rough stretches of play. And I think Indiana needs the experience and the defense of, of Rob Finnessy just to have uh, that extra depth. So I think it'd be uh, obviously really good for them to have him available tonight, but Indiana has not said anything definitively uh, as to whether he'll be available. Logan Duncan, I think, his suspension's up, but obviously, Matt, we don't expect to see him uh, play any uh, meaningful minutes, uh, at least in this next couple of games, uh, based on how much he was playing before uh, the suspension and just kind of the magnitude of these games, it would be uh, rather surprising to, to see him take the floor uh, the next couple of games. Alex, as we look ahead on this IU schedule, obviously you don't want to get ahead of tonight's game. It's such a big one. But uh, you go from, as you mentioned, the Jackson States and the and the Louisianas of the college basketball world to Marshall, who was a very solid matchup for IU on Saturday. Now Syracuse, and after tonight, it's uh, a temporary dip into Big Ten play. IU will be at home on Saturday the 4th against Nebraska, and then uh, a really interesting game on the road at an always tough Cole Center, a tough place for IU to play next Wednesday. And then I know you've got uh, some other games coming up, but it's Notre Dame, and uh, then you're back into Big Ten play after a couple of other mid-major opponents in early January. So things starting tonight really take a major, major step forward for this team. Yeah, I mean, you still got that that Mary Mac game in there. Uh, I think there's two others: what Northern Kentucky, uh, and then there's another one uh, to kind of end out December. But other than that, it's going to be basically a high major competition from here on out. And you know, I think Indiana's got to at least split these Big Ten games coming up this weekend. I mean, obviously, I look at the Nebraska home game as kind of a game you have to get, and then. Uh, going up to Wisconsin, uh, I don't think I'll ever predict a victory up there until it actually happens. And Wisconsin, as vulnerable as they looked a couple weeks ago, uh, with uh, obviously losing at home to, to Providence, they didn't have Johnny Davis in that game, and now we saw how important he is to them. He wins Big Ten Player of the Week last week over Trace Jackson Davis, uh, despite that 43-point game, because he – led uh, Wisconsin to the Maui Invitational Championship. They went out to Vegas and got the job done and won three games, and Wisconsin's ranked again. So 
you know, in the preseason, you know, a lot of, there's two teams, Iowa and Wisconsin, that a lot of people had picked behind Indiana that now look uh, like they may be a little bit more f- formidable uh, than we thought in the preseason. So it's going to be, a, I think, another Big Ten season uh, of twists and turns. I think road wins are going to be, as usual, um, at, at a premium. And so Indiana's going to have to do a much better job than it has in, in recent seasons of protecting home court and then trying to win as many uh, away from home as possible. And that will start, obviously, next week when they go to Wisconsin, but a big one tonight first to get out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. He's with us normally on Thursdays, but jumping on Tuesday this week. Alex, thanks for uh, making the switch, and we'll catch up with you again very soon. All right, Matt. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. Big one tonight for IU. 7 o'clock tip-off for the Hoosiers at Syracuse, the game on ESPN2 as well. And, of course, the legendary voice of the Hoosiers, as we call him, Don Fisher. He will have the play-by-play call right here on the Big X with that pregame uh, coverage beginning around 6 o'clock tonight. And I've said this before, uh, I know there was no Coach Woodson show last night because I assume of IU's travel to Syracuse for the game tonight. But in that pregame show, uh, you could hear Don Fisher, and it's probably recorded, but not uh, too far in advance of the game. You can hear Don Fisher interview Mike Woodson. That's where he gives the starting lineup. And often things like Rob Finnessy, uh, you know, being a game time decision, you might get a little bit of information from that. Uh, it seems to be a really good go to source to kind of get the last update from IU from the coaching staff before uh, the game tips off. So I that, I don't always get to listen to the entire thing, but the Woodson Fisher interview in in the pregame. Uh, I think is is one of the big points of that pregame show, and you can catch that right here on the Big X tonight, beginning in the 6 p.m. hour. We will head to our final break of the show. When we come back, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com will join us. More IU basketball. We'll get Mike's thoughts on the game tonight. We'll get into some recruiting. I have heard really, really good things about Ja'Kai Newton down in Georgia, the 2023 prospect for the Hoosiers that is in the fold with a verbal commitment already, so we'll talk about him. And uh, IU football as well. We'll talk about the offensive uh, coordinator position and uh, where this program is at as they enter off-season mode. Your questions and comments uh, accepted on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Send them in now for Mike, uh, IU football, IU basketball. We'll get them on the air. And we'll be back to talk more hoops after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Final segment here of this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com is my guest. And, Mike, we spent a lot of time in the last segment previewing tonight's ball game. But you're the uh, the veteran. I've got to get your input, your thoughts on uh, this big uh, matchup, the first road game of the year against uh, a traditionally strong Syracuse program for the Hoosiers tonight. Yeah, it should be interesting. I think that um, Indiana has a great chance to win this game. I think odds makers – 
maybe make Syracuse a, maybe about an e- even choice or it's a pretty even game. Or actually, Indiana, I think, is favored by a point and a half. Uh, because they've been playing pretty well, and this Syracuse team is can shoot the ball well, but they're not really athletic, which um, and long, which has made their their zone so tough against Indiana in the past. Mike, uh, obviously, the ACC Big Ten challenge is a good barometer of yeah. the uh, Big Ten conference and how it's going to stack up this season. Uh, so far, a good start. Two big wins last night. Uh, tonight, uh, some tough matchups, I think, for Big Ten teams. We'll see how it plays out, but a good start for uh, the Big Ten so far. Yeah, Iowa hung on and won that game. Um, that was that was a good starting point, uh, to, you know, to beat beat a, a decently talented Virginia team. And um, you know, we're just two games in, but uh, this is one of those games that can go either way. So it'll this could you know push the Big Ten over the edge or or, or the other way. So Indiana, um, you know, be, be a team. This game will be a team, a game that a lot of people are watching tonight. Mike, I said in this segment today we would catch up with some recruiting stuff. It's uh, harder to track uh, once the college season begins. There's so much going on this time of year. But I continue to hear and even read, and, and in fact you had a video interview with Ja'Kai Newton recently on the Peaks.com website, which was very good. Continue to hear really good things uh, about him and how he's playing to start the year down at Newton High School in Georgia, and he seems like a, a great future addition to IU. Yeah, uh, Jeff went to watch him play, and we're just, you know, just the vibe is that he's going to move up in the rankings. That's um, the, the general feeling based on what he's playing early. We'll see how if he continues because we're still, you know, November 30th. But uh, it sounds like a ter- terrific get for, me, for Indiana, you know, a very versatile player, kind of like Hood Shafino can play either guard spot because he has good size and good handle. And, um, you know, that's why you that's why you get him early and then you can concentrate on landing a big or, or something else. So a real, real good get from Indiana and look forward to seeing him again. Mike, where is recruiting at right now uh, with some of the commitments in 2023? Is it looking toward a big man, a wing-type player? <clears throat> is, that's what, is that what is next in the list of needs for this IU program in the future? I think uh, a, another big and then – Somebody who's just really good, you know, a, a, a type A personality that might be your leading scorer. If you can find that in any class, that's terrific. But because you got two solid commitments covering the point guard and kind of a versatile guard, you can play uh, either point two or even three. And that gives you some flexibility now to go inside or maybe get your big score. And that's, I think, those, those are the two areas. I think, uh, you know, Xavier Booker is one of those guys they'll probably focus on for the size. Um, but uh, now they can get now they can get picky, which is a you know position we haven't seen Indiana be in very often in the past. Yeah, no, no question. Mike Pegram, dot com. I guess I wanted to get into some football with you as well today. And uh, before we talk IU football and where things stand to start the off season, uh, how about the world of college football right now as far yeah. as uh, coaching news? And there's going to be a real uh, carousel, I think, of job openings here over the next few days and weeks even. Yeah, there's been guys making some lateral moves, I think because they're just a little stale. Maybe they've gone as far as they can at their, their current place, and maybe they with some you know, new staff, a new energy, brand-new contract feel that they can maybe win a national title at this new location. So you've had the Oklahoma, 
you know, Glow coach leaves for USC, um, Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame for LSU. It's it's you know, kinda of lateral but uh their feeling is um of course they get more money, but uh, maybe they have a better chance to win it all. Mike, uh, I wanted to mention Kalen DeBoer. I, I mentioned his name earlier in the show. Yeah. But, I mean, what a job he did at IU, such a big part of the uh, football program's uh, building up that we saw over the last few seasons. Uh, of course, things didn't go well this year. He wasn't on staff. But he, after two quick years at Fresno State, is already moving over to Washington to take over a program that's had some really good years in college football. It's, I think they've been down a bit the last few, but an opportunity for him at the highest level, really one of the highest levels of college football. Just a few years ago, he was in Bloomington on staff. Yeah, one of the few offensive coordinators that never drew the ire of the IU fan base because he's just a really sharp guy. And you could tell working with him, interviewing him in that short time he was here, he was really uh, going places and it was no shock that Fresno State pulled him and uh, he you know he showed that he could be a head coach I mean offense corner is so hard to tell if somebody can really handle the job and um, I think Indiana made a mistake in not getting someone who had kind of been on the job a little bit um, and the, uh, Kalen was a good example of somebody who had kind of proven himself before they brought him in. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, is my guest. Any thoughts today? I know things some, sometimes can move very quickly in the world of, of making hires in college football. Uh, any thoughts on names for the offensive coordinator position that's currently vacant? Yeah, Major Applewhite. We have a whole hot, hot board. Um, Matt, if you follow our site, uh, Matt Weaver put up a, a offensive – Coordinator Hotboard, which uh, I don't know if we've done that before, but Major Applewhite, um, who's been uh, actually working with um, uh, in South Alabama, um, <clears throat> and uh, it's just uh, a lot of guys that to Walt Bell. I'm going through my list here, Kirk Sierra. I don't want to give away my Hotboard on <laughs> here, but we, Justin Fry, um, who might be going somewhere else, but. Uh, be a head coach, uh, and uh, just uh, this is you know from yesterday, a lot of good names, and we'll have more names come up. But Indiana is positioned to pay pretty well for this job, and I think it will be um, someone um, that's a little bit more proven than last time around. Is this a job that uh, will be filled in the next week or so, or is this something that could linger on? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really have a great answer for you. I think it's helpful if they finish the job um, hiring in the next week for recruiting purposes since we have a mid-December signing period. But it's one that you can't get wrong. Um, and there's a lot of t- dominoes falling because all these head coaches moving around. I would think that they would get it done in the next two weeks, but I don't know if it'll be done in the next week. You know. Got it, Mike. I had to guess, but but a lot of dominoes are falling because of these uh, guys moving around jobs. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Mike Pegram, Pegs.com with us Tuesdays on IU Basketball and Football. Mike, always great to catch up. Plenty of things to talk about basketball in full swing, some off-season stuff with football that uh, will maybe uh, tell a little bit about the future of the football program, and we'll talk with you about all of it next week. All right, we'll catch you on Tuesday again. All right, Mike Pegram with us uh, on Tuesdays. And that's going to wrap up this Tuesday program. A reminder, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us basically wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget IU tonight 
on the road at Syracuse, 7 o'clock. Big win for the Hoosiers and Mike Woodson and pregame coverage with Don Fisher, the voice of IU basketball, really IU sports, uh, on the air with our pregame coverage from the IU Network at 6 p.m. tonight. All right, have a great Tuesday. Lots of great college hoops on tonight. Big, big night of the ACC Big Ten Challenge tonight. And equally as good, I think, night tomorrow as well. So enjoy some college hoops. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. to talk about all of it. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.